Hello, and welcome to Backseat Bench Brawl, a Fear the Fin podcast. I'm C. Morley, Managing Editor of SB Nation's Fear the Fin. Each week, I'll be joined by two guests who will walk me through the ins and outs of their favorite team and the teams that they hate the most. Joining me this week is Peter Flynn of SB Nation's Winging It in Motown and Caitlin Dividak of SB Nation's Pensburg to talk Red Wings versus Penguins. So, Peter, you want to do a little introduction, how you became a Red Wings fan and just kind of what your experience is there? Sure. And um, interestingly enough, this could shed a little bit of light on my feelings for the Penguins um, because I grew up in Southern Connecticut. I grew up an Islanders fan. My father had season tickets to the Islanders. Uh, I think Caitlin already sees where this is going. Um, so, I, I, you know, like I said, I grew up an Islanders fan. But the problem with being an Islanders fan when I was growing up is that um, if you want to follow the season after game 82, you're usually kind of shit out of luck. So, uh, my, my father introduced me to the concept of a playoff team, uh, which is the team that you root for in the playoffs, that it's not your team because they are golfing. So um, my father and I both kind of felt the same way. We both felt that the Red Wings were a, a good organization that was run very well, which was kind of just slightly counter to the Islanders uh, in terms of being run like a professional organization. And... Uh, so I, I kind of took up them as my as my second team. Um, and so obviously, like I said before, uh, the Islanders and the Penguins had some uh, some interesting games that they played that I'm not going to go into. But, you know, a l- l- little bit of tempers being uh, raised, a <laughs> uh, little bit of possible criminal action. And uh, <laughs> but anyway, probably about maybe four or five years ago, I just could not take the ineptitude anymore. I felt like Charlie Brown and I realized that Lucy was never going to stop picking up the football. The Islanders were never going to be run like a professional organization. And I gave up on them and I uh, changed to the Red Wings full time. Uh, so yeah, that seems I, to work out well for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 know, like, I, I think I, I might be the jinx. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I think uh, what's his name? Robert Blake is off the hook. Cause I do think I am the jinx. I think, um, I have uh, uh, cursed our team um, because, you know, shortly into my Red Wings, like super fandom tenure, we uh, missed the playoffs for the first time in 25 years. So if you're listening, you're a Red, uh, you're a Red Wings fan. I'm sorry. It's all my fault. <laughs> and then, Caitlin, I know when I had asked you about doing this show, you had said that this was a little bit before your time as a Penguins fan. So you want to talk about that? Um, yeah, sure. Um, I didn't really start to really get into Penguin Toggy until I was, I want to say, seventh, eighth grade, which is really convenient for this series because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm 24 and in 2008 and 2009, I was an eighth grader. So um, it was really like good timing <laughs> in that regard. <laughs> but I've been a hockey fan my entire life. Um, I'm from a place called Johnstown, Pennsylvania or at least close to it. If I told you where I'm actually from, you would never know. But um, <laughs> the closest largest city other than Pittsburgh to me in Western Pennsylvania is Johnstown. And other than the flood, uh, both floods actually, um, we are known for our small town hockey. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if any listeners are familiar with Craft Hockeyville, but um, Johnstown was actually the first winner of that competition. So we had a Penguins game hosted um, it was like, I want to say 2015 or so, whenever that was announced. But yeah, I, I grew up in the hockey rink. I would go to games with my dad whenever I was four, five, six, seven years old. Um, I remember just like going to the gift shops. I really loved the um, small keychains of players that we used to get all the time. 
And uh, they once had a Mario and the Lemieux one. And that was it. That was like, oh, this guy's awesome. <laughs> I, I love him. So that kind of started it all. And then, like I said, whenever I started to get into my preteen, teen years, uh, I really started following the Penguins more closely. So. Awesome. Well, I'm really excited about this, even though I'm like technically neutral on this rivalry um, as a Sharks fan. I am from Michigan and I I feel like this rivalry is almost like my birthright. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I grew up in a, a family that is full of Red Wings fans. And so my dad had exactly three hockey takes my like what felt like my whole entire life of course i'm sure you had some in the 90s that i just don't remember about lidstrom or whatever but um the ones that really stuck with me are in no particular order um <laughs> the first one being the red wings playoff streak which mm. i'm just so glad he can't lord over anyone anymore <laughs> uh the second one is probably made stronger now that he can't use the playoff streak but it's that ov's plus minus is garbage <laughs> <laughs> Real old old school hockey guy, my dad. But um, the main hockey take that I inherited, I guess, was uh, fuck Sidney Crosby. <laughs> and that's it. That's the whole thing. So I love this rivalry for that reason. <laughs> like, it's just I feel like it's always been there for me. Um, but let's uh, we'll get into just kind of some questions about the rivalry and how it started, where it's gone. So big one is how did it start? This is an interesting question because, like, I mean, I, I definitely could be wrong about this, but I don't think that there was really a rivalry until the back-to-back -back Stanley Cup finals appearances against each other. And so uh, when, you know, you gave us a list of questions or, you know, a list of topics we're going to talk about, you know, the question of how did the rivalry start? I mean, I think it has to it has to be there. And I think, I mean, it, like, if I'm looking for the actual starting point, I would say it probably has to be this the, the the second year because obviously the first year um they played a a very uh physical series against each other uh lots of highs and lows obviously anytime you're in the stanley cup finals it's always going to be emotional but i i really do think that if it hadn't gone the way it had and if they hadn't played the second time I don't think I don't really know if we'd be talking about this as a rivalry but I you know before the show I was looking back and Unless I miss something, I mean, it's incredibly rare for the same two teams to play each other in the Stanley Cup final, uh, regardless of who wins. And I mean, obviously, it's very rare for one team to get back to the Stanley Cup final, you know, even if they lose. Um, and so I think for me, like the starting point kind of has to be the beginning of that second series, because it's like, OK, we did this last time. We're going to do it again. Um, and obviously, you know, when we're talking about this, you know, I, I imagine most of this conversation is going to be about these two final series. Um, so just, just for our listeners as a shorthand, I will refer to them as the good series and the bad series. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, that's funny. Um, <laughs> something that like, as I was kind of looking into it, uh, the thing that kept coming up was really the the focus of like Sidney Crosby as like kind of the central point of the rivalry. So like, when he joined the league, which mm -hmm. I cannot remember his rookie season off the top of my head. Caitlin, do you know that off the top of your head? It's been 13 seasons, so math would say 2005. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that works. <laughs> um, I mean, that that really kind of was a turning point for the Penguins, though, right? I mean, that, that was huge for them as a franchise. So 
did I guess Peter as a Red Wings fan then did that change your perception of the Penguins you know in the league I mean granted at the time they were probably a little more peripheral for you but um, even as an Islanders fan did that how did that change your perception of them I mean it's tough because for me Sidney Crosby has always been a very interesting player. Um, so, 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 real quick before we get to that, I'm just going to say I actually have a a, uh, a very strong Penguins connection. In that, uh, the first year I started going to hockey games with my dad uh, was 1993. And I'm sorry, Caitlin, I'm not trying to bring back any bad memories. But if you remember, <laughs> that was the year that the that the Islanders stopped them in their quest to three peat. Um, and so, the first game I ever went to was at Nassau Coliseum against the Penguins. It was a regular season game against the Penguins. And for me, it was unbelievable because, I mean, obviously I got to see the players that I loved, but I also got to see Yermir Yager. I got to see Mario Lemieux, you know, up close. Like, I mean, I think we were three rows from the glass. I mean, so I got to see these unbelievable superstars right in front of my face. And that, that was just like, I, I don't know. Like for me, like that was the moment that I was kind of sold as a hockey fan. So I do have like kind of this this connection as a hockey fan to the Penguins. Uh, but getting back real quick to what you said about Sidney Crosby, he's always been tough for me because obviously <laughs> his his skill is undeniable. I mean, he until recently was easily the best player in the league. I mean, obviously the last couple of years since Connor McDavid and we've had this conversation. Um, but no, I mean, like 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 he was very clearly at the very top of the league in everything. And like one thing that I, I, I found really fascinating about him, even as somebody who was rooting against him is his ability to, um, you know, if, if he feels like he has a weakness, he works really, really, really hard. And then the next year he's like the best at it, you know? So I really do admire that about him at the same time. I do have to say that it like, it's tough as an outside observer to appreciate him the way I do because earlier in his career, he had a penchant for doing little kind of cheap things. Like for example, there'd be a scrum and he would sneak around the back and just kind of punch the guy in the, in the, the nether regions from behind while he was engaged. Wait, and are you saying only early in his career? Only early well, in his career? I, 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 hey I, will admit, I will admit as a, as a somewhat enemy observer that he has definitely gotten much, much better about stuff like that as he has progressed on his career. Every now and then he still does things that kind of drive me crazy. But earlier in his career, he was way worse, in my opinion, at that stuff. And so it, it kind of made me hard. It kind of made it hard to fully appreciate him. Um, but I think as time has gone by, I have, I have definitely been able to appreciate his skill more because he has done a lot less of the other stuff, I guess. To your point um, mm. about how he works like, super hard at the mm. things that he's not good at which are few and mm. far between there's a lot of like comparisons it's like him and malkin where like malkin's the more skilled more talented player like genuinely and that crosby's actually number two to him but like because crosby's worth ethic is like disgustingly potentially unhealthy like the guy is obsessed with being the best at everything which is a good thing mm. clearly um it's actually malkin that's actually probably the, the more talented guy so it's funny that you say that because mm. we recognize that, but we don't know if other people recognize that too. So. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like I, I, I know later in the show, we're going to talk about what we like about the other team and, you know, Malkin uh, spoiler alert for listeners listening. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, like I, I definitely admire Evgeny Malkin 
for the reasons you said. So, I mean, like, obviously we can talk about that a little bit later, but yeah, I, I definitely agree that Kenny Malkin, um, by the way, uh, somehow is not one of the hundred greatest players of all time. Is oh. definitely <laughs> up there. It, it's either the it's either the number one or maybe number two biggest snub on that list is Evgeny Malkin because he is clearly way in the top one hundred. Yeah, anyway. we've never talked about that ever. I, as a I, fan I, base. I, sure. I don't think it's ever been brought up once. Actually. No, I've never well, heard a Penguins fan talk about that. Huh. Well, you Crazy. You think they would? You, you think, think that we would? would. <laughs> so then, Caitlin, with when you came into being a Red Wing, or sorry, being a Penguins fan, <laughs> and um, kind of what was like the mood uh, towards the Red Wings at that time, and like how did that affect your perception of them as a team? Well, like I said, like we didn't really, as a fan base, dislike the Red Wings in really any capacity um, until that Stanley Cup back to back. Uh, final series because I mean they played in two different you know conferences at that point you know Detroit was in the West and the Penguins I think were in the Atlantic at the time um, and just like they you know we would play them a couple times a year and it would be fine and that would be it and then we got to the series and you know it suddenly everything took off and Peter mentioned it whenever he was kind of uh, going back to the starting point of the rivalry because it was an extremely extremely tough you know, physical uh, type of series, especially um, in 08. And I think that just because of how physical it was, um, even whenever I was going back and rewatching the the series from games um, one to game six, and then of course the following year to game seven, it, the fan bases were unbelievable. And coming from, you know, just watching uh, my favorite team go back to back and being in that fan base and being in the media and, and watching it, um, nothing really compared to how enthusiastic and how utterly crazy the fan bases were in this 08 to 09, you know, two year mm -hmm. period. Like you would see people diving from like the, the different like uh, sections and rows. You see people flying down um, the, uh, the steps and banging on the glass and, and throwing. I mean, I, at one point I saw children being like lifted into the sky, like Simba whenever <laughs> like Detroit would score. It, it was it was wild. Oh, that's just Detroit, though. That's just how. They <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't like an octopus, uh, octopus baby? But like, yeah. I mean, I I had no ill feelings towards the Red Wings until you know Pavel Datsuk and and Zetterberg decided to be jerks. <laughs> and uh, the yeah, just like to see how hard they checked each other and how you know physically they played each other. I think that's what really you know, bred this quote unquote rivalry. Cause I mean, especially if you're in, in any Stanley cup series, you know, especially if you're playing a game or a team back to back to back to back, hmm. I mean, you're going to have some male feelings, um, you know, blood's going to start to boil. Um, and then, you know, things are going to escalate from there. So I think, yeah, like I, I agree with you, Peter. Like I, I think the rivalry and my um, feelings toward the Red Wings really were kind of complacent until, the series started and once the series started um especially after the heartbreaking loss the first uh time around mm. that's when we as a fan base really started to you know strongly hate chris osgood and <laughs> hate zetterberg and hate Dotsuk. but and, and cronwell i think was the defenseman that was just like a blistering guy like it, it, from there I, I that is just what really really started it mm. and yeah i mean mm. it was a great 
two years of, of series. So I really enjoyed it. So I think then that leads pretty easily into the next question, which is what what is the most defining moment of this rivalry? And I think the easy answer is that second series, right? That's got to be m- like more important to that rivalry than the first. I think that too, before we even got into the second series, I think that Marion Hosa leaving the Penguins mm-hmm. after the Red Wings beat him and him jumping ship and going to the, the team that beat him and being, you know, tucking his tail between his legs and being like, okay, I'm going to leave my, I think he had like three years left or something like that on his contract. I'm going to leave this team who, you know, came in second in the entire league and go to the team that beat me. Mm. And then I think a, a fan base really, you know, turned their backs on him because he was helpful in, in getting to that six games. Like he scored, you know, a handful of goals. He, he was a, a big guy that was pretty physical. And like whenever he gave up and jumped ship to join the team that beat him, it was just like, mm-hmm. okay, we're cleansing our hands of you. And, mm-hmm. you know, Right, Bye. you don't see that in the like modern NHL a whole lot anymore. I don't think like that's just not something that that players do, and I don't know if it's like just like ill feelings or like what it is that keeps them from jumping ship like that. But that is like a major move. Mm. I mean, think about. I mean, this is switching leagues here, but you know, Kevin Durant still gets so much shit for joining the Warriors, and and so yeah, I can't even imagine like. I mean, well, I mean, I guess the closest for me would be like Marlo leaving to go to the Maple Leafs because they were, you know, kind of on the up and up. That was that was that was pretty hard for us to deal with as Sharks fans. So, yeah, I can't even imagine then having to face in the next the next year, the very next year. That's crazy. Well, I mean, I I thought it was just because he couldn't grow a beard. (laughs) 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 But I was it's funny. I I was thinking as Caitlin was talking, I was thinking of. the scene in either the the first or second episode of of uh, Arrested Development, where um, Michael Bluth goes to see his father in jail and says he's leaving, and he says probably a wise decision. <laughs> 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 Obviously, we, we know we know how this turned out, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I I, I think uh, I I will definitely agree that Marion Hosa, like the whole Marion Hosa ness of this. <laughs> rivalry series is pretty amazing um because i I was talking to uh i was talking to my podcast co-host uh jay about this today and you know he was he was remembering how how much he loved hosa that season and how disappointed he was in the final series like 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 how he he didn't think he played nearly as well as he could have um choked and yeah (laughs) oh man um (laughs) so yeah i mean this is a this is a tough question because like like the defining moment um you know i I know down the road for the red wings i know you're gonna be talking about the red wings avalanche and i mean for me like there's like a very clear moment that's a defining moment in that rivalry um this one's kind of this one's kind of tough because i mean you could almost say the end of the first series um, because, you know, it ends with Hosa, you know, being, you know, Hosa having the chance to, to tie the game at the end and missing. Um, you could, you could say, obviously, the end of the second series where Lidstrom has a chance to tie the game <laughs> and Fleury makes an unbelievable save. Um, and, you know, if you think of like, like narratively speaking, you know, you have the Red Wings, too, I think. 
I think the stat was like they made the finals for like something like six out of the last 14 years at that point or something like that. And you have Pittsburgh on the up and up, you know, with Sidney Crosby, I think, what was that, his fourth year? In the, the third year was the first final series, right? In the yeah. fourth year. Yeah, so fourth year in the league, you know, uh, you know, stopped the year before. Obviously, he was being marketed and and i'm not saying he didn't deserve it but you know he like the league was really pushing him as like the face of the league um and before that the red wings were kind of the face of the league you know like you said before you know zetterberg datsuk lidstrom and it was kind of like a like a like a, a changing moment where you go from the Red Wings kind of being the class of the league to now maybe maybe it's the Penguins' turn with you know Crosby and Malkin etc. Um, so th- that's a really tough question because I mean like like I think there are multiple good answers for that about the most defined like, like to me there's not like one moment if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, and that just made me think like um, and I, it doesn't really fall under this question, but there's nowhere better to ask it, I guess. Um, but both series were won on each other's home mm. ice, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, and how does that like affect like how you guys feel about those series and stuff? I mean, like, I don't know. I feel like winning on when you're you're on someone else's ice is just uh harder to deal with in general, right? Like as a as a fan. I mean, I can take this one. The Penguins, in my entire watching of them, I guess as a teenager to an adult, have never, ever won on (laughs) home ice. (laughs) So, you know, in back-to-back series in 2016 and 17, they decided to rock the San Jose Sharks. And then... (laughs) Watch it. (laughs) And then, you know, the following year, take you know, Nashville to their limit. I mean, it, it, I fully expected, I, I went to a watch party actually in PBG Paints Arena that day. I fully expected, knowing my luck, that the Penguins were going to just lose the game. I was going to travel and pay money for no reason. <laughs> and I'd end up leaving that arena, you know, like, ugh, like <laughs> really? Like, come on. <laughs> and I, I did not in any capacity expect to win. And then they ended up winning in game six. I was like, mm-hmm. all right, this is great. And, and, and like I said, winning on uh, an opponent's ice is just a natural thing to me. So I don't know if I can answer this question properly, but as much as I do want to see a championship, you know, one on the Penguins home ice, it's, it tastes really good knowing <laughs> that you, you want it on their ice in their home arena in front of their fans. And they have to sit there and watch you hoist the cup, skate around, yep. be really excited. Uh, it's just. You're hurting me a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it feels really good. The only joy they get is that they get to boo Gary Bettman. That's the only. <laughs> yeah, that's it. The, that's the it. only positive, um, except for, I mean, maybe maybe the uh, the, the few years where a a losing player wins the con Smythe. You know that you know obviously that didn't happen in these series. Um, but yeah, so Caitlin, as you were talking, I, I thought it was really interesting um, because I have a really bad memory for some of this stuff. Um, like I said, I mean, at the time, I wasn't like a hardcore Red Wings fan like I am now. Um, but I mean, I, I was I was thinking back to like when I was a hardcore Islanders fan, and like I don't remember stuff from the, you know like 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 if you ask me, oh, what happened in game three of this series. Like, I don't remember. I'm the um, same way. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, like I went back and I watched, um, I watched a, a, a fairly lengthy highlight 
uh, video from each each of the series. And I could tell that it was definitely made by a Penguins fan. Because every time <laughs> the Penguins scored, there was like four replays. And every time the Red Wings scored, like it got cut off during the celebration. So I'm pretty sure it was made by a, a, a Penguins fan. But anyway, um, so, you know, I was able to refresh my memory of some of this stuff. And some of the stuff I had forgotten is, you know, the Red Wings had a chance the first year to win it on home ice. I mean, game five in Joe Louis Arena, they were up. And none other than Datsuk had a <laughs> glorious chance in overtime to win it. And he 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 didn't score. Um, so, I mean, the Red Wings had every chance. I mean, it got to three overtimes. You know, it got to three overtimes and, like, no offense to him, but, I mean, Peter Sakura scored in three overtimes, you know. So he, <laughs> you know it's not like it's Malkin or Crosby or something like he that. He called that shot, too. He was yeah. like, I'm going to yep. score in overtime. And he went out and he did it. It was awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, I mean, like I said, I mean, no offense to him. I mean, like, it was a great goal. It was, you know, he like, he did a great job. Um, but, you know, like, 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 it's so interesting how often in the in the playoffs – the the players who are not the superstars step up um and i mean you know like fast forwarding a little bit to the you know the second the second series you know max talbot scored both goals in game seven and he is certainly not the person you would have bet to do that <laughs> you know uh he, you know he's probably getting 100 to one at least if you were going to make that you know prop bet like who's going to score both goals for the Penguins in game seven. I mean, probably a hundred, hundred to one is probably being generous. Um, and so, I mean, that's what I love about playoff hockey is that sometimes every now and then you get a superstar just kind of carrying the team on his back. But then often you get these players that are kind of like the unheralded, you know, lunch, lunch pail guys, <laughs> and they're the ones that decide it. And I, 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 I just really like that, you know, win or lose. I think that's great about hockey. Oh, yeah, you saw that with, like, Lars Eller and mm -hmm. Nick Benino and, yeah. you know, bottom six guys that never in a million years would you expect them to do it. But, like, mm -hmm. they were the guys that stepped up. It's mm -hmm. it's always really cool to see. Yeah, I think what makes it so hard to, like, have a really defining moment in this rivalry is, I mean, A, that the, the two series were back-to-back. -back, that kind of lumps everything together, um, you know, in just those couple of years. But that um, it really was, like, like when I think to 2000s hockey, like that's, those are the teams that are in my head, right? Sidney Crosby joining the league and changing kind of the pace of the game. And then the Red Wings were still just this dynasty. So like, I don't know, like they were just like so indicative of that era of hockey, you know, and, and it's hard to have a defining moment when you have, I mean, how many players have we mentioned right now that are just like household name kind of yeah. players? Like that's insane to me. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Hey guys, we're going to take a quick media timeout to talk about a special offer for Sharks fans. If These Walls Could Talk is a series from Triumph Books, diving into the locker rooms and histories of NHL teams for an insider look at the organizations. If These Walls Could Talk, San Jose Sharks by Dan Rusinowski and Ross McKeon is available at triumphbooks.com slash sharks. And if you use the coupon code FEARTHEFIN, you can save 30% off this title. That's triumphbooks.com slash sharks and the coupon code FEARTHEFIN for 30% off If These Walls Could Talk, San Jose Sharks. So with that having just that short period of time the next question we're going to get into is is kind of how it's changed over time and and really the big thing that affected this one was the realignment right because they they didn't see each other in playoffs in the finals um and and that kind of ended that 
but how has it changed from from those two series to now? This is one of those things where, like, if you if you ask me, who are the Red Wings' biggest rivals? And, you know, Colorado is probably number one. Probably St. Louis would be number two. And then, like, to be honest, like, I, I almost wouldn't think of Pittsburgh. But at the same time, obviously, they are because of these back-to-back final series. Um, and so I think this is kind of one of those things where, like, it, it, it definitely was a rivalry in terms of, like, the fans on the opposite teams, like, literally hated some players on the other team. Um, which, you know, playoff hockey always engenders. But I, I, I do think it was kind of one of those rivalries where it's very short-lived because I think now for Red Wings fans, I think there is still some definite general animosity towards like Sidney Crosby, uh, which I mean, to be fair, and, and Caitlin, I mean, no disrespect about this, but I mean, like a, a lot of fans who aren't Penguins fans in the league kind of have this this antipathy towards Sidney Crosby. <laughs> I wonder well, why. I know. I I understand. I'm just saying. I'm just keeping it real. Um, you know. So I think because of that, I think it's it's it, it kind of died down pretty quickly after these two final series. Um, now I think if the teams were to play each other in the playoffs again, I think it would rekindle very quickly. Um, because I'm the type of person who, um, like. If Red Wings fans are listening to this, they are probably screaming at me to mention some things that they're very upset about with the <laughs> second series. And I'm I'm honestly like like I'm not saying that they shouldn't be, you know, I mean like, you know, you fan how you want to fan. But like I'm I'm not that type of person where I spend my days thinking about 11-year-old series, you know, mm-hmm. 10-year-old series and be like, "Oh my god, I'm going to let this ruin my day." Um you know, so I think as time has gone on, I think that this rivalry has kind of died down. I don't think it's 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 the same as it was. Like I said, ex- you know, with the exception of uh, you know some Red Wings fans still do not like you know Sidney Crosby. Uh, like I said, me personally, I have grown to appreciate his skill a lot more than I used to, uh, which is which is cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I I don't think we really have the same level of animosity, or like you know even close to the same level of animosity at this point. I agree. Um, I think a lot of it too deals with the fact that Pavel Datsuk went to the KHL. Um, Zetterberg, you know, had injuries and he couldn't come back and then eventually had to retire. Mm. And those were like two of the big name guys that really lit the fire underneath the fan base. Like mm. those were the two guys, or at least two of the guys um, mm. that we truly as a fan base hated. Like we, mm. we hated them, especially <laughs> Zetterberg because Zetterberg, you know, masterfully, shut down Sidney Crosby in mm. games one and two. Like yeah. every single time Crosby was on the ice, Mike Babcock was like, Zetterberg, go. Like every <laughs> exactly. single time. Yeah. <laughs> and it was it was extremely frustrating. And you know, that just, you know, kindled a ton of animosity towards those guys. So whenever they left and, you know, ultimately Detroit slowly but surely got worse. Mm-hmm. Uh and you know didn't do well and the realignment all of that stuff all tied together really i think um not killed the rivalry because i think like Mm -hmm. you said if if they met in a playoff series um it would be fun yeah and a a lot of people would you know take the feelings that they had during those two series and you know carry them over to that series itself but like you said like they they barely play each other the realignment it's just it's really cooled off um and I, I can't see it really, you know, being what it was at that time again, unless, you know, they meet 
in the Stanley Cup playoffs again. And mm. at this point, yeah. the Red Wings are having a bit of trouble. <laughs> and the Penguins yeah. do. So, you know, it's just um, it's a little far fetched. But yeah, and I, I, I think just to follow up on that real quick, I, you know, uh, like we were talking about before we recorded, um, you know, Caitlin, you and I went back and, you know, watch video of all this stuff, to, you know, to kind of refresh our memory. And I don't know if this is going to fit in anywhere. And I have in my notes must mention. So I, so I have to mention <laughs> it. And it, it, like, to be honest, for our listeners, I apologize. It's completely unrelated to anything. But I have to mention this, and I think you'll understand why in a second. So one of the fun things about rewatching this was getting to hear uh, Doc and Edzo for pretty much every game. Um, and, and, and there was a third person along for the broadcast uh, by the name of Pierre Maguire. And <laughs> he had what, what I feel to be a classic line. And, and, and I put this in the, the, uh, the Winging It in Motown Slack channel today. And people thought it was very entertaining. And this is a real quote. I swear to God, I had to rewind it to make sure I heard it correctly. Um, this is the quote. It's, that's what speed does by Pierre Maguire in reference yeah. to Justin Abdulkader. <laughs> so I think that as long as, have, as long as we have Pierre Maguire commenting on this, <laughs> it will be entertaining regardless. Because, like, I mean, okay, we have Crosby, we have Malkin, we have Datsuk. And we have Helm. <laughs> that's an obligator. That's, that's what we're referring to for that's what speed does. No, no, it's not what speed does. That's anyway, so funny. I, like, I, like I said, I, 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 do feel, I do feel justified in my munch, must mention exclamation point underline. Okay. Now, <laughs> I'm sorry. Now, now, you know, we can continue. Sorry. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like, <laughs> God, that's so funny. Um, I feel like this was one of those rivalries that was just destined to die out because you look at the Penguins were the younger team. They had guys who were just coming into the league and were very good. And the Red Wings were were very clearly heading toward the end of that dynasty. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it still took several years for them to get there. But, you know, it wasn't always going to last because those players weren't always going to be there. And and so I think that that is a huge part of why it died out. I mean, obviously, the realignment was a big thing, too, because um, they, they're never going to face each other in a Stanley Cup final now. That can't happen, which I think is a shame, you know? <laughs> like, exactly. That, that would be such a good, fun final series, and, um, and it can't happen now. But I do you think it's interesting that you look at the Red Wings then, and the Red Wings at the time were the only team who had won back-to-back -back championships, correct? They had won in 90 two and 93 i think off the top of my head i might well, i mean in, in 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 a while you know because yeah oh no yeah the penguins but i mean you know before they have the islanders yeah. you know canadians yeah but yeah uh, yeah yeah, but yeah, yeah. the only like the only team recent, in, in, a in, decade. Recent, yeah. in a decade sure um, yeah absolutely oh yeah and uh and then now it's the penguins have been um have taken that from them yeah. um, in terms of recent memory. And now the penguins are struggling this year. And it's, it's, hmm. I mean, obviously it's too soon to say if they're following down the same path, but um, you can kind of see the, <laughs> these parallels, right. Between these two teams. I don't know. I think it's interesting. How dare you mention that and put that on record. <laughs> My fair sorry, heart so can't sorry. take it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, but I mean, when you guys play each other now, even mm -hmm. though it's in the regular season, like 
what what is the feeling what's the mood like i know every time like you know the sharks play a current rival it's always brought up on the broadcast but even like sometimes when they play the red wings like old rivalry stuff's brought up Mm. so is that still kind of surrounding these two teams at all Mm. honestly not really i mean i i I think like if it's on NBCSN rivalry night, then maybe, you know, maybe they're trying to shoehorn something in, you know, they're like Justin Abdicator played the last time these were in the Stanley Cup finals. But I mean, I, like, I, I, I don't really think so. I mean, like, it's kind of sad that right now I like, if you ask me like who the Red Wings biggest rival is, I don't really have an answer for you. Like, like yeah. right now. I mean, like, like we have a lot of historical rivals. I mean, even after the ones I mentioned before, I mean, um, there's still a lot of bad blood against, you know, for Nashville, um, you know, because you have the series that they, they knocked us out. It was the last series that Nicholas Lidstrom played. Um, you have Shea Weber slamming Henrik Zetterberg's head into the Dasher boards. I mean, obviously, I, I put all that out of my mind, but some people haven't. And <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, like, like to be honest, it's, it's kind of sad that that the Red Wings don't really seem to have a big rivalry currently because it kind of talks about how um, I'm not sure what the word is. I think it, it's like, like a different way to say not good. Um, we are currently bad, bad. Is that the word? You're looking <laughs> yeah, that, that is it. That is it. Um, yeah, it's so weird. It's so weird. I could not think of that. Um, I, mean, I was thinking it was, it's like color me blank. Uh, wait, what is it? Okay, there we go. We're good. <laughs> it's actually funny. This is a funny question because I recently uh, went to a Penguins Islanders game, funnily enough. <laughs> um, and I was sitting next to what can only be described as a very inebriated man. <laughs> and what I, he, I am shocked. <laughs> what what I thought was his girlfriend, but ended up not oh. being. Ooh. Um, but anyway, some okay. context for you. Um, I, I kind of want the rest of that story. <laughs> another time, another time. Okay. <laughs> but um, we, I was, it was like in the middle of the second period. Um, the Penguins are up. The game was going pretty well, so there wasn't like that much um, drama. And I remember they were having a conversation because I was obviously listening to every single word that they said. Hmm. And the girlfriend or the, the wannabe girlfriend wasn't. She was like a fair weather hockey fan. So um, she was just like naming off teams that she she liked to watch play. Um, And one of them was the Red Wings. And the guy like turned over and looked at her and goes, you should never, ever say that in Pittsburgh again. (laughs) (laughs) And I looked at him and I was like, wow, I didn't know that like people really still felt this way. Oh, yeah. And he wasn't an older guy. He was maybe 25 ish looking. but like, I was really stunned. He was like, yeah, you should, you shouldn't say that in front of Penguins fans. And I was like, wow, it's good to know that, I mean, <laughs> there's still that little bit of animosity, but. I mean, based on our comment section, people still are upset about that last series, that second series. I think maybe this is another kind of parallel between these two teams, but when you're good for a long time, you just end up with everyone hating you no matter what, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, I can attest for that. Yeah. that <laughs> rival. It's just everyone doesn't like you. <laughs> yeah. What do you uh, mean? Everyone loves the Penguins. You're crazy. <laughs> yeah, the Blackhawks I mean, too, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the only person who doesn't love the Penguins is um, Benedict Cumberbatch because I'm sure you've seen this clip on the Graham Norton show where he cannot uh, pronounce Penguins. <laughs> what? Like, he, 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 oh, okay, well, after we finish recording, 
<laughs> Go and watch this. You will thank me later. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch is trying to do some voiceover for like a nature thing, and he cannot say the word penguins. And he keeps saying like penguins. <laughs> and like, I swear to God, I am not joking. I'm not exaggerating. Like, you have to watch this. And, you know, obviously listen to this whole podcast first. Uh, follow both of us on Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. Do all that stuff. And then afterwards, YouTube, Graham Norton, Benedict Cumberbatch, Penguins. You will thank me later. Everything that we've said prior to this moment is garbage. And all I care about now is this video. I know. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast can't end soon enough. Yeah. Well, that's what we can do. Like, 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 when we're done with this, we can stay on and we can we can all Google it and you can you can tell me how great it is. Yeah. It'll be beautiful. All right. Um, so is there, I mean, we've talked a lot about what you guys mm. don't really like, players that you don't like on the other team or whatever, but are there are there things that you do like or appreciate about the other team? Dylan Larkin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean who, who cannot love Dylan Larkin? They're one saving grace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's really fun to watch. Mm. I enjoy watching. It was, yeah, for a second, I thought you were going to say Nicholas Cronwall. <laughs> I'm just oh, kidding. yes. I'm just joking. That's number one. Dylan <laughs> yeah. Larkin's number two. Yeah. Uh, Dylan oh, Larkin, perfect. good guy. Yeah. Great player. Awesome. Loves the game. <laughs> oh my god I, that, that that is a deep cut <laughs> that is a great reference um this was a really interesting question because um like i said before i do i do respect Sidney crosby's skill i have come to be able to like him more as a player um same thing with Evgeny malkin um every now and then he does do something that's kind of a little low key dirty. Um, Crosby or Malkin? Malkin. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> no, I mean, like, I'm just you saying, like, if he said Crosby, though, <laughs> he chopped nope. the dude's <laughs> No, no, no I mean, like, I, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not comparing Malkin in terms of being dirty to like some of the players that we consider dirty. But every now and then he does something where it's like, uh, it kind of looks accidental, but I'm pretty sure he meant to do that. Oh, no. He does all of these things on purpose, yeah. and we hate him for it. Okay. Um, every single time it happens, we go, oh, there's Malkin's stupid penalty that he gets yeah. every single game. Yeah. Check that one off the list. Phew. Yeah. We can move on. Like, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, like, I always consider Malkin, um, one of the things I really appreciate about him is what I call his ability to go beast mode, where it's <laughs> like, he's like, Malkin angry. Malkin want puck. <laughs> like, Malkin score. Like yeah. yeah. And he will he will have the puck for like about a minute fifteen straight. Mm -hmm. And if you want to try to get him, you will like be like obliterated. Yeah. Um. But um. I, as I was looking through, I mean, another player that jumped out at me is definitely um Bill Guerin. You know, mm -hmm. Bill Guerin. Uh, like I said, I'm I'm a former Islanders fan. Bill Guerin was a captain of the Islanders. He came in at a time where the Islanders were definitely in disarray. And I think he was a very calming influence. He always struck me as like a true professional. Um, obviously, it's hard for us to know as fans, you know, just kind of like with celebrities, like actors and stuff like that. You know, okay, they, they seem to be good people, but who knows what they're really <laughs> like behind the scenes. But like, I've never heard a bad story about Bill Guerin. Like everything I've ever heard about him was like straight up, you know, good guy. And so even though obviously I wish that he did not have his name on the Stanley Cup in 2009, I still respect him a lot. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I definitely think all those players. 
Yeah. And we still love him too. Like he's the assistant yeah. GM and he yeah. does a great job yeah. and he's beloved in this, this city. So I'm not really a fan of either team. So like <laughs> I, even as a neutral like party though, like I, I feel like there's just, you have to appreciate something about both of these teams because they're just so yeah. integral to, yeah. to the NHL and, you know, to the last 30 years of hockey history, you can't not talk about these teams. Yeah. And and I think that's really cool. And I, I think it's, you know, that that makes that rivalry really, really special. Yeah. Um, so we talked a lot of history, mm. but they are playing each other on December 27th. What can we expect from this game? Uh, probably misery for me is, is my <laughs> guess. Um, misery for me. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Real quick before we get to Caitlin. Uh, Cause you can follow up on this. Uh, can we just, can we just, just uh, agree for a second? I know we talked about this ahead of time. So I, I know we agree on this. Um, Matt King, uh, Matt Cook sucks, right? We're good on that. <laughs> Matt Cook oh, yeah. is a guy whom <laughs> has made poor decisions in his life. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all I got. I mean, oh my God, like okay. the, we are a team. <laughs> this is like the first episode of Better Call Saul, where he talks about how his client has made some bad decisions, and then they cut to the video of them like decapitating a corpse and parading around with his head. Anyway, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I, I I figured I I just had to get that out. So anyway, I, I apologize for 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 taking your spot. So. Please, sorry. No, it's it's okay. Uh, we we had to get that in somewhere. <laughs> it's hard because yes, he was on the Stanley Cup winning team. Yes, he had a lot of positives in the way he played, but I think what overshadowed a lot of that was the way he would just be an idiot and do really stupid, illegal things hmm. regularly. <laughs> um. So yeah, like. It's tough because he was on that team. You know, you respect him as a, as you know a, a former Penguin. Um, and yeah, he he had his his moments. He had his positives, and he was actually a really good player. And I, I mentioned this to Peter. Like he he's almost kind of like dare I say uh, Tom Wilson in the fact that like he didn't need to play as dirty as he did. Hmm. Um, but he did, and that was that. And yeah. we've cleansed our hands of him. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, but as for the current state, um, for these two teams going into their matchup, um, I, I didn't really get to see much of Detroit play admittedly this season. I expect this game to be, I don't even know how to take it. Cause I know Detroit's not doing very well at all to put it lightly this season. Um, I mean, anytime that I see them in the highlights, it was either because is it Bertuzzi? Is that his last mm -hmm. name? Yeah. Um, was you know, like spearing Matt Calvert or the other way around. I forget which way it was. He got speared and then he went after him on the bench. Oh, okay. Was, yeah, that was it. <laughs> it was yeah, a very was dumb decision. However, it was kind of dumb that he got speared too, which, which yeah. was called. But I, I will not defend Bertuzzi. I think that was yeah. a very dumb decision. He deserved the suspension he got. Yeah. Um, And the only other thing too was for some reason, there were like these strange rumors that like the Penguins were considering jimmy howard and i was like mm. wait what yeah, i missed they, that one it was like this very out of context way out huh. in left field like huh. oh the penguins might be looking at jimmy this is when our goaltending was just 
garbage, which is still kind of as garbage, but it's been better. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, like I haven't been able to watch them. I, I got to see some of the Red Wings Penguins preseason game, but of course, like that's kind of irrelevant to now. So, I mean, I expect the Penguins hopefully to end up winning that game, but they tend to play down to competition and goaltending has been a huge um, Achilles heel for them. So honestly, it could go either way. Um, and I, I do expect the Penguins to win and hopefully they don't cause me to have cardiac arrest in the middle of the game. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. Anyone we should look out for on the Red Wings? Cause I know like they've been bad this year, but mm -hmm. like, I haven't I haven't seen him play really either, so I don't know who's like a threat other than Larkin. <laughs> well, um, I would say that I mean, obviously Larkin, like, you know, every every game, just like I'm I imagine most espionation sites, if not all, we have our player of the game. And Dylan Larkin has either won it or been in the conversation every almost every <laughs> game. Um Jimmy Howard has actually played very very well this year um he is currently hopefully able to back up tomorrow night because he was um he was the topic of one one of the the hockey twitter's famous uh favorite uh genres i guess you could say which is the emergency backup because <laughs> howard hurt his back in warm-ups and he was unable to go and so we got an emergency backup last night um oh, but supposedly his back is feeling better and he's going to be backing up uh tomorrow night which as we record this is going to be uh against carolina um before before this game so i imagine he'll probably be back in the starters net um but the other person i want to i want to say to look out for is dennis chalofsky um he is the defenseman i know we've been talking about pavel datsuk a lot so when datsuk went to the khl the red wings still owned his contract and so they made a trade with John Chaka, the patron saint of taking bad contracts. <laughs> and they traded uh, him uh, uh, Datsu's contract. You know, he took on that cap hit. And they traded down, I believe it was three spots in the first round. Uh, Arizona took Jacob Chikrin, um, by the way, whose name now like uh, triggers like this kind of defense mechanism in my brain, which is like shut off uh, because <laughs> I'm so tired of hearing about Jacob Chikrin. Uh, but the Red Wings took Dennis Chalowski in the first round, and they also got a second round pick, which is Philip Hronik, who is now in the NHL as well. Um, Dennis Chalowski made the Red Wings out of training camp. Uh, most people did not see that coming. Uh, you know, Corey Pronman, uh has come a long way where he basically first projected Dennis Shalowski to be like maybe an NHL defenseman. And he has raised his, uh, his, you know, his level a lot. And so I don't think, I, I think he has a possibility to be, but I don't think he's going to be like a top pair defenseman in the NHL. But I think right now, like his average, uh, I don't want to say ceiling, but like, you know, his projection is probably like a really solid second pair. Um, which probably doesn't sound that great, but you have to remember that the, the Red Wings basically have all third pair defensemen. Uh, so a second <laughs> pair is like, wow, this is like, this is like twice as good. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so anyway, like Dennis Chalowski is, is, is going to be a good NHL defenseman. He's very fun to watch. Do and they still have uh, Trevor Daly? Is he still a Red Wing? Um, technically, yes. Um, <laughs> technically? Well, oh, no. I mean... If you're talking about a player that helps the team, then no. 
If you're talking about a player that dresses every night, then yes. And like, I feel really bad saying that because I really like Trevor Daly. Um, I was, I I was against the signing when we signed him just because of the, like the situation we were in. I did not want to bring in any more veteran defensemen, but he seems to be like a really great guy, like in all that stuff. No, I know that sounds bad, but like, I mean, like he's just, he's not a good defenseman anymore. Like he should not like, like we should have somebody else in there. I have a very soft spot for yeah, uh, Trevor Davis. Exactly. I mean, you know, so he don't, came from Pittsburgh. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Don't dump yeah. on my boy. No, I, I, I like him. I like him. I just, I just wish he wasn't playing for us. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 a distinction with a difference there. Yeah, it's there funny that you mentioned Chikrin though, because like your Chikrin is like what used to be our Daniel Sprong. So, oh yeah, yeah, <sighs> yeah. yeah, of of the uh, the baby, baby got back uh, parody lyrics, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, and we talked a lot about Crosby, Malkin, and mm-hmm. uh, the Penguin School tending situation. But is there anyone else that we should really be looking out for? Uh, on the Penguins, um, obvious notables are Jake Gensel. Um, Brian Rust is actually heating up. He was on a really, really, really cold uh, streak the first like thirty games into the season. He didn't like have a single point, either primary, mm-hmm. secondary, or even a goal in yeah. thirty games straight. I mean, William Nylander had more points than him. He, <laughs> <I guess. laughs> it was yeah, it was exactly. Um, but recently, he he put up a hat trick. Um, against the Blackhawks last um, or a couple weeks ago, and he um, has since been just like on fire. So bearing in mind that he doesn't cool off by then, um, he's definitely a scoring threat. Um, as for the rest of the team, um, Latang has been unbelievable this year. Um, he's easily the Penguins' best defenseman, hands down. His numbers have been just absolutely disgusting as of late. His puck possession is unreal. He plays 27, 28 minutes a game. And he his 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 entries and his keeping in the puck in the zone. Like there are times where he'll he'll jump two feet to keep the puck in the zone, and then subsequently, like uh, someone will score. Like he's just been playing out of his mind. Yeah. And I think it's just because he's finally you know 100% healthy mm. after coming from neck surgery and having you know that that down yeah. sort of two pe- or two years. And then from there, I mean, the bottom six is kind of bleh. Zach Aston Reese has been really great lately. Um, he, if you're not familiar with him is kind of like that, that I don't want to say grinder, but he has a bite to him. Um, he can score goals. He's extremely physical. Um, he'll pin you to the boards. He'll beat you down the ice. He'll spring pucks on breakaways. He'll, he'll thread passes to places that you didn't expect him to. He's, he's been very surprising. Um, so look for him on, uh, Probably the bottom six by then, just because they're getting Hornquist back uh, at the night of this this recording. Um, so he'll probably slide back down because um, he's been playing up in the the second line with Malkin. And other than that, I mean, the defensemen are kind of meh, and uh, <laughs> we won't speak of a certain man named Jack Johnson. I'm just gonna glide <laughs> past that one. Um, he's actually been playing better, but I don't want to jinx it, so. Knock on some wood. Yeah. Um, and then the goaltending, of course, has been just kind of a question mark all season. So mm-hmm. you could see a Casey DeSmith that, you know, lets in one puck and has to save 40 shots. Or you could see him give up really bad goals because Murray's struggling. Or you could see a vice versa scenario where uh, Matt Murray is either playing out of his mind or he's, you know, playing 
very soft and letting in goals that are just shouldn't be goals himself. So this team has been a roller coaster. So we could see any version of them come pup drop against the Red Wings. All right. So uh, three, two, one. I'm going to count down and you both tell me who you think is going to win the game. (laughs) (laughs) You're both so down on your teams. We'll do it. All right. You ready? Three, two, one. The Penguins. Penguins. (laughs) You agreed. That's beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right. Real quick. I want to say thank you to the Honey Wilders for letting us use their song New Situation as our intro and outro. Uh, You can find them on Facebook if you're in the Bay Area and want to see them live or Spotify and iTunes if you want to give them a listen. Thank you to Triumph Books and a reminder that you can pick up a copy of If These Walls Could Talk San Jose Sharks by visiting triumphbooks.com slash walls sharks. And with the coupon code FEARTHEFIN, you'll receive 30% off that title. Uh, Caitlin, where can people find you and do you have anything coming up you want to plug? Um, well, of course, like we mentioned at the top of the show, I write for the Penguin site Pensburg. Um, you can find us at Pensburg um, on Twitter and Facebook. Um, and then, of course, you can follow my personal account. Uh, that's at Kate Divi. That's at K-A-I-T-D-I-V-I. Very simple. The top portion of both of my names. Um, <laughs> and then I'm also going to plug... Uh, Pensburg's own podcast. It's in its uh, infant stages. We just uh, kicked it off this season, but we welcome uh, weekly guests, um, big name guests around, I guess, the the, the NHL and media, um, former players, former coaches. Um, we have a lot of good stuff going over there on our podcast. So definitely uh, look for that. Um, and then one more thing. I, I actually lived in the Bay Area over the past summer. So I just want to give a shout out to Berkeley and San Francisco for housing me for three months. <laughs> um, also, a big shout out to uh, the University of Cal. Go Bears. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Peter, where can people find you and what do you have coming up? So you can find me on Twitter at P Flynn Hockey. It's P-F-L-Y-N-N and hockey spelled like you expect it. Um, you can also find me on Winging It Motown. I'm a writer and an editor and the deputy brand manager, which sounds really important. Uh, So (laughs) I figure I should say that. Um, And also you can find me, uh, you can listen to my podcast for sure that I do with uh, Jay. Uh, C is a former guest, a a former and future guest, I should say. And um, now obviously we are, we are time jumping here, uh, but Caitlin is going to be on the next episode, which we are recording this upcoming weekend. Um, but it will actually come out the day before this episode. So um, <laughs> like I said, you know, you are definitely time traveling while you were listening to this. Um, so if you follow me on Twitter, you can see all the information for that. Um, and, you know, for sure, we, we are an NHL podcast. Uh, we talk about the league, but then we also have guests on each episode. And so that's pretty fun. And like I said, that's where I got to really, really know C. And I'm very glad that I got to do so. Awesome. Well, thank you guys again for coming on. I really appreciate it. This has been fun. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Would love to come back on if you ever need. For sure. <laughs> uh, oh, wait. Exactly. That's, yeah, that's there you go. <laughs> See, we are very smart with our branding. What a segue. Oh, all right. Once again, I'm C Morley. You can find me on Twitter at Now You See Me. That's S I E, spelled like my name. Uh, this has been Backseat Bench Brawl, Red Wings versus Penguins, which you can catch live on December 27th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Mm-hmm.